The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, for all back on uh, Coast to Coast, we bring in Mafia now to uh, talk about the UFC. And uh, we're just coming off 253. Uh, they got another event coming up Saturday, but in between all that, John Jones, after the fights the other night, uh, you know, he gave up his yeah. belt, right? So uh, he yep. went to heavy, and he's no longer the light heavyweight champ. Uh, he teased going back uh, to grab his belt. Uh, what does all that mean? Is he serious? Uh, you see these tweets and everything else. What is going on with Bones Jones? What's going on is absolutely nothing, and he doesn't like it that way. He wants to be the you know the center of attention. He wants to be in the limelight. He wants everyone to talk about him. So once again, he's going to put out some tweets to get you know all up in everyone's business and have us talking about him. And that's what we're doing because the same thing happened right after that Cormier and Stipe fight. All of a sudden, he was tweeting about how all of these heavyweights aren't nothing. I'm going to go beat them all up, and then you know vacate the belts right afterwards. So even though we had a great trilogy fight between those two guys, he has to take some shine away from Cormier, who of course he has his battles with, and make us talk about him afterwards. So then what happens this weekend, we have the fight for his vacant belt that he didn't want anymore because he's moving up to heavyweight and he's going to go dominate there, right? And again, we're not talking about him except that these guys are fighting for that belt. And Lahovich comes in there, was on a great performance against Reyes. And right away, right after, it's, hey, anybody care if I go back and get my belt? Because it's no longer about him. So once again, he has to inject himself. This guy is the biggest attention you know what. I mean, forget Conor McGregor. Forget all these other guys. They all do plenty. But John Jones is one of the most pathetic in the sport as far as needing the attention because whenever anybody else is doing something, he has to get involved and start putting stuff out on Twitter because he knows people are going to jump on it and it's going to trend. He's going to be on the broadcast and on shows afterwards. And that's all he's about because he's not about getting in there and fighting. We haven't seen that in a while, right? He has all his troubles outside, doesn't get inside the cage and show us that he's still one of the best to ever you know, put in the, uh, the work there in the octagon. So he doesn't want to fight, doesn't want to do it, but – He's plenty of uh, attention-grabbing headlines and tweets. That's all he's about right now. So uh, he talks a lot but doesn't fight a lot. But if he if he did, uh, let's say hypothetically, uh, get in with the heavies, how do you think he's going to do? And first of all, I think if he fought, e- even though I don't think it's happening, Blahovich, I think he'd kill Blahovich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. You know, he'd probably do. It'd probably be a, situ- a situation that's similar to what we saw with uh, Adesanya and Costa, where you know he keep his distance, use the strikes, and, you know, do the same thing that Adesanya did because that's what Bones has done for years. But 
to that respect too. You know, when you all of a sudden start yapping again after the guy that you gave up the belt after you, you know, didn't lose to allegedly, but he loses. So he's not there to be the one to fight. And then you come back and say, hey, you think I should go grab my belt? That makes it seem to me too like you were avoiding him. So you can say all he won. I know Reyes lost, but that makes it seem to me like he was avoiding Reyes. If he's going to not go grab the belt when these guys, you know, are getting ready to fight, but all of a sudden after Blahovich wins, he says, you know what, maybe that's good for me. I'll go back and grab it now. I think it would be a fight that he'd win. It would probably be. You know, he's a guy that's been dominating that division forever. That's why he was the king in that division. But who knows, and that's something I hope we don't see. And if he goes up to heavyweight, it all depends on the matchup. It all depends on who it is against some of these lower-level guys. He might do pretty well, especially if he can use, you know, some of the clinch work and dirty grappling, things like that. But when you're going to get up against guys like Nagano with that power or against guys like Stipe with, you know, the skill that he has at all facets of the game, it might be a completely different story. And, you know, I think that's why we're waiting on seeing him get in there because the more he does this, as cocky as he is, he might realize, hey, you know, if I go right into these top-level guys, it might tarnish my legacy. I might not be as good as I think. All right, we welcome in all of our radio affiliates on Sports Grid Radio. Don't forget Sports Grid Radio overnights for all events, Sports Rage, Bagels and Bad Beats. Get the Sports Grid Radio app. You can listen to all the shows on Sports Grid TV and radio on the app. You're going to love it. Uh, and don't forget to follow us on our YouTube page. Just search Sports Grid Radio. You can watch us do the shows. I'll see you tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern on Pharrell and Events. We're also on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California kicking ass and taking names. All right, so what is the latest on the battle between that's just annual, almost monthly, when you th- really think about it? Uh, every year, every month, every day, it's Dana against uh, Conor McGregor. Well, it seems to be Dana against all his, you know, biggest fires over the last year or two with uh, apparently them not getting enough or not getting the fights they want. I mean, it's fault on both sides here because Connor came out and put out text from Dana White over the weekend on his Twitter saying, listen, you people think I'm dodging, you people think I'm ducking, I wanted to fight. And he, you know, showed the receipts here where he was texting Dana before the pandemic about wanting to fight and, you know, possibly even fighting Gachi while they were waiting for Khabib between uh, Ramadan and his father's death. You knew he was going to be out till now. So they said, hey, maybe let's get this fight going. And he wanted to do it. And Dana wanted to do it. Then, of course, things broke down with coronavirus and the pandemic, and they didn't want to put him in there against, you know, an empty house. They want to make the money off the gate with him. And then Dana called him out for him, saying, hey, you should be showing stuff like that. And he's like, no, the problem is you were saying that I wasn't ready, and I was. But in Dana's defense, too, when he's calling out Diego Sanchez and that, you know, they eventually end up on Gatchy, but he's starting by saying, hey, I want to fight Diego Sanchez in Ireland. And Dana says, we should lose our license if we put that together. And he's right, because that would be a terrible fight. Diego Sanchez is you know, a punching bag. He's a fun, exciting fighter, a big name, but he hasn't been good in years. That would be a terrible fight to put on. Well, Connor uh, and uh, Dustin Poirier have a charity event. That's what they want. Yeah, they put those tweets out this weekend, Cohen, oh, the last two days, calling back and forth. You know, they both have done a lot for charity. We've seen that. And all the uh, bad stuff that Connor does outside the cage, he does do a lot for other people. We just don't really highlight that as much because he's doing too many stupid things out in the world with his, you know, expensive taste or the things he does just trying to be who he wants to be and that he can do whatever he wants. But there is some good to him, and Boria, we know, has done a lot. So it'd be interesting to have that fight. I feel like it'd be kind of a waste as an exhibition, but it would be, you know, if it raises a lot of money and does good for people around the world right now, you can't fault them for wanting to get at it, and I got to respect them both for that. Listen, uh, Boria is like my favorite fighter. I love the guy. I'd love to see him mm-hmm. fight him. I don't care if it's uh, for charity or anything else. When we come back, we'll talk to Rick Haro, sports business and legal insider on Coast to Coast.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like it. All right. (laughs) I'm like this. I'm like, he gave up a hit. So there goes the perfect game, but uh, it's still 3 nothing White Sox, and that's all that matters. Rick Hoffman, our sports business and legal insider on Coast to Coast and Sports Grid, and he's back on C2C. Look at him. He's showing off the NBA in Miami. The best is yet to come. Look at that shirt. How did you get your hands on that, Mr. Haro? Ready for the finals, I see. But you remember I was part of the group that brought the heat to Miami, the head of the Miami Sports Authority, and I haven't washed this shirt since 1985, ladies and gentlemen, okay? What do you think? That okay? This is this was the logo that was originally designed. We walked into David Stern's office and said, we really are serious about this, so all of us had this shirt on, and that plus $32.5 million from Ted Harrison got the expansion franchise done, and now a very unexpected trip to the NBA Finals. LeBron James, some say he's on the wrong team. I say, I don't really care. We're going to beat LeBron whether he's in a Heat uniform or a Lakers uniform or a Cavaliers uniform. It's going to be an interesting season, uh, series. Uh, don't don't listen to me. I'm just, I'm playing with my heart here. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's interesting. Well, look, uh, he went on record today uh, just raving about Spolstra being a, a genius and a great coach, which... You and I both know he is, and he talked about his preparation. He said, if everyone, uh, you know, a lot of people think because he had LeBron and Wade and Bosh and all these great players that it was easy for him. He said there'd be a lot of coaches with championships if that were the case because there's a lot of great players on teams that don't get it done with good coaches. What do you think of Spolstra and what he's done and all of the time he's – been in Miami from, you know, in the film room to head coach and, and all the championships, and here he is again. Well, yeah, and of course, LeBron is just buttering him up. It's a mind game, but he deserves it because he's been there ever since the first season when I remember Ron Rothstein was the head coach, and they lost 19 games in a row, and it's like, when are we going to get an NBA franchise? Uh, but Miami is used to losing early and winning late. And frankly, it's the vintage of Pat Riley. We're used to really, really great coaches in town. Don Shula just passed, and uh, and Pat Riley is not there, but he reminds some of us of the Don Shula legacy. And, of course, Spolstra is his guy. It's his boy. 
So it'll be an interesting series. It'll be close. Uh, we'll see what happens. I wouldn't bet against the Lakers, but it's not going to come easy. So what were you like when you saw them uh, win game six when you were watching the game? What were you like uh, watching the game? Were you going crazy? Were you standing? Were you pacing? Were you What were you like in the fourth quarter? I was wearing the same shorts I'm wearing now and the shorts that you saw me in before. Uh, I was really, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it again. But the, the bottom line is uh, nobody expected him to be there. And I don't know if the Celtics played badly or the Heat put him out of their game. Tatum played a great series. And nobody knows what to expect right now. Like the Nuggets until they hit the wall of the Lakers. And now the Clippers cost Doc Rivers his job. The different teams played differently in the pandemic uh, bubble. Uh, same thing with the Lightning and, and the Stars. But I was very happy, and I'll continue to be really happy and excited until tip-off Wednesday night. Uh, they won that game because Bam Adebayo took over the game in the fourth quarter and uh, dominated and got easy shots and made them and got to the line and made free throws. That's why they won. All right, talk about the French Open. There's more money for a lot of these no-name players. I have to tell you, though, I said earlier in the show – Today, is there anything more meaningless, honestly, than the French Open right now in the fall uh, when it's supposed to be in the spring and the players are complaining about the weather? And, I, you know, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know one person on the face of the earth that's watching the French Open. Well, certainly not in the stands. You know, they were going to have 11,000 fans. Now they've cut it down to 5,000 because of the COVID spike in France. And, of course, there's a lot of strange bedfellows this year. Uh, it would have been relevant at the end of May. It's always been viewed as the fourth major, except for the Australian, where that's, you know, two days ahead, and we don't follow it as much as we could. And the bottom line of all of it is, if you are a clay court aficionado, then you're going to be excited about it. If not, it doesn't belong in middle September. But then again, the U.S. Golf Open doesn't belong in the beginning of September, and I shouldn't say it, but the Masters doesn't belong in November either. That's the trade-off. When we were talking in April and May, we were all saying, thank God for that one golf exhibition that's going to come back because we got nothing. We got Japanese baseball. Now we have so much stuff that everybody is complaining because the ratings are down. Well, the ratings net, net, net are up. It's just we have four million things to divert our attention. And I think you're right. Sadly, the French Open is on the bottom of the list. Well, baseball started today. The playoffs are going on as we speak with three games on at the same time, which was a terrible idea by Major League Baseball. Why in God's name would you have three games on three different channels at the same time? This isn't the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs first round. I honestly, I know they're having 16 games the next two days, but couldn't they have gone like two, four, six, and eight or uh, spread the games out today so we could have watched all of them instead of having to switch channels on three different games at the same time. I mean, honestly. Yeah, but nobody wanted to play at 1030 in the morning. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of kidding. But listen, they've got the Dodgers tomorrow, and that's the 10 o'clock game. But how do you lead up to it? I wrote a friend in baseball today and saying, where else but 2020 would you have actually seen no soaps, no talk shows because they're hard to produce and they're shut down for a while? So where was that first game? Where was the Twins game? On ABC National. You'd never see a regular playoff weekday game on a national network like ABC. So you're absolutely right. Back to back to back. And uh, everybody ought to tune in to Giolito. Did he give up a hit yet? He did. And I know that the women that watch General Hospital hope that all of those players die on that ABC game. Uh, that's what I know. So tell me about the quasi-bubbles they're in. 
Well, everybody's in the bubble right now. And the good thing is the bubble is one of those things that might be interesting long term. We talked about the Heat and the Lakers, the last two teams to leave that bubble. But when Adam Silver had his press conference yesterday, very interesting notion. He said the quality of play in his mind is going up. The minutes are up for the big players, but the quality of play is up. Why? Well, he thinks maybe it's the travel that they don't have to do. So they may look into more home and home or staying in multiple game series next year. We also, unfortunately, may have the impact of the pandemic still. But we're talking about long-term post-pandemic scheduling. And you may see less travel and that load management concept, which I think is a crock anyway. I think if you keep players off airplanes, you make it better basketball. So the Power Five is all in, all in business. Everything's happening. Well, yeah, and thanks to Larry Scott, who cut a deal with a testing company first as a sponsor. Then he said, all right, we're going to open up on November 6th. Then we're going to open up basketball on November 26th. And not a minute too soon because, you know, the Pac-12 has 10 public schools in it. Stanford and USC don't have to open their books, but the other ones do. And they talked about how they're going to lose about 350 to 375 million dollars in television revenue if they didn't play and about 150 million dollars in donations with pissed off boosters which won't be anymore so clearly whether it's seven games or 10 or 11 they're trying their best to salvage the season how about the how about the canes how about the Canes? Yeah, I love the Canes. They look fantastic, and uh, I love what they did to the Knowles. It's the best thing that's happened to me in a year. Uh, so what do you think of uh, Michael Jordan owning NASCAR team with Bubba Wallace and uh, Denny Hamlin? Denny Hamlin. Brad, Brad, Brad Doherty was one of the first African-Americans to attempt to, to, to own a team. Uh, the capital raise was difficult. The competition was difficult. This time, it's not as difficult. You've got some money from Denny Hamlet's team. You got a lot of money from Michael Jordan. And he's saying, take this seriously. Bubba Wallace is a good driver. It's a single race, single uh, athlete racing team. We're going to devote all the money we can, and we're going to kick some ass. How about Nike? Their online sales up 82%. I guess people are at home buying things online. Well, they're at home buying things. They're not wearing out their sneakers. They're buying a lot of different stuff. And the bottom line is it was unexpected, even beating analyst numbers. And we'll always talk about this on the show, how the numbers will impact the business. Nike didn't even expect this more to come in the future. All right, Rick, we'll uh, see you tonight on the bench. Enjoy the baseball games on three different channels and then the Yankees Indians tonight. And good luck to your Miami Heat, because, you know, I root for the Heat as well and go to games with you in Miami. There he is, what Rick Haro, the original investor to get the heat to Miami, wearing a T-shirt from 1985 that smells like hell. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So uh, the word on the streets in Toronto was that uh, Cam was spotted last night on top of a high rise, ready to jump off the building and end it all after the hockey season ended. But some street urchin convinced him that because the Jays were starting a three-game series uh, today, uh, he decided not to off himself Harry Carey style. So it appears that uh, Cam was talked off the ledge, and he is still with us. Thank God Almighty, because I wanted to kill myself last night that hockey ended, and then I come to work today, and Carver High says they're not playing again until March, and now I need to see a shrink. <laughs> the guy says they're not going to play for until next spring, and I'm uh, like I'm speaking in tongues. I, I'm going to start smoking crack. Uh, no hockey? Are you kidding me? I'd rather have hockey than sex. Is, can you say that on the TV? You say that on the radio. You, you can say Check that. You can, Cam will be two. all right. Hopefully not March. We're hoping earlier than that, but I just don't believe it, Scotty. I think they're going to have Well, he'll probably kill himself after the time. Jays lose to the Rays. <laughs> well, <laughs> come on. Jays could be in the mix here. Uh, maybe they, maybe Shoemaker gives him a little something today. You never know. Hopefully a lot of runs, Cam. Runs. R-U-N-S. Runs, runs, runs. Let's go today, buddy. Uh, let's, let's get to the NFL, Scotty. Uh, listen, we have our first uh, COVID situation of the NFL season. A couple of positive tests with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, their facilities have been shut down along with the Viking facilities. No positive tests with the Vikings, Scotty, but because they played – the Titans on Sunday. Everybody wants to keep it safe and make sure everything is going to be all good. As of now, they plan on playing the game on Sunday. Now, there are a couple of contingency plans. They could play Monday night. There's also this crazy one where they would give both teams a bye this week and they would move one bye and play the game in Stop. week seven. And the, like the, But it actually would work in terms of it, the problem. The Steelers are the team that would get screwed because they'd have to play three games on the road in the uh, in a row if that happened. But uh, we thought that this could crop up, Scotty, at some point during the season. It's reared its ugly head, and I think that, uh, you know, let's just be fair. Uh, I think the Vikings are better off if they had the COVID than the way they've been playing. Uh, you know, they're, they're pathetic, so they might as well be quarantined or sick or all of the above. The Titans and Steelers are both undefeated. That's a huge game. They need to play the game, in my opinion, at worst, Monday night. And I don't uh, – I think the Packers are playing the Falcons Monday night as well. I mean, uh, I don't know how they do it in terms of timing because usually they have that East Coast, West Coast doubleheader at the beginning of the season. I don't know how they would do it, but obviously uh, they could probably put one on ESPN and another one on ABC. Uh, whatever they want to do, they'll do. But I'm going to – I'd rather watch – uh, the Steelers and Titans both undefeated, and I think the Falcons suck. I don't want to watch the Falcons. They're awful. Their defense is awful. Matt Ryan's awful. Their coach should have been fired weeks ago, and they're a joke. I want to watch the Steelers. Yeah, I know that in the past, Scotty, when situations like this have happened, I remember there was a hurricane in Miami once, and they played the game on a Monday night. It's all about you know, the they U, still baby. play. They still play 
the uh, Monday night game on ESPN, and then you only get that other game if you're in the local market, like if it was a Sunday afternoon or if you have the Sunday ticket package. That's how they've done it in the past. I don't know how what they would do it. NFL Network? I, I don't think they will They because Monday night football, ESPN is not going to let them do that. So they're going to basically uh, – it's going to be whatever channel it was supposed to be on on Sunday afternoon. That could change. You never know. Let's hope things work out and they can play on Sunday. That would be the best-case scenario for everybody if everybody's healthy and they can figure all of those things out. There was a Monday night football game last night, Scotty. Uh, the was Chiefs really? beat the Ravens. <laughs> there was. The Chiefs beat the Ravens 34-20. to Big night for Patrick Mahomes. He was throwing touchdown passes to fullbacks, to left tackles, gadget plays all around. Let's hear the one that capped it off. A fat guy touchdown, Scotty, to left what? tackle Eric Fisher, courtesy of ESPN. First and goal from a two. Here's Mahomes trying to set it up. Oh. Big fella, Eric Fisher, the left tackle, eligible, and then some. And some hot potato in the end zone. Touchdown, Chiefs. I mean, they humiliated the Ravens last night. Uh, you know, obviously, they're a great uh, team, and they have the best quarterback in the world, uh, let alone uh, in the NFL. I mean, this guy's a freak. But I have to say, uh, the defense is what impressed me more than uh, Mahomes, to be honest with you, because I never really bought into their defense. I never thought it was that great. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was, you know, fantastic. I never thought it was that exciting defense like, you know, the Bears in 85 or whatever. I think the Steelers' defense this year with that pass rush and their linebackers and their secondary is very tough. In fact, I think the Steelers would have played the Chiefs better than the Ravens did. I think the Ravens are pound the rock. I still don't believe Lamar can throw the ball. And when they get down, they're in big trouble. That's obvious. And I think Kansas City's defense really blew me away last night because they didn't allow Lamar Jackson to throw for 100 yards. That's embarrassing. And look, I think they fell back. I know a lot of people said today, oh, it doesn't matter. The Ravens beat everybody else. But I got to tell you, I'm ready for the Steelers to play the Ravens with their defense. I think the Steelers will beat the Ravens. You want to know what the Ravens are, Scotty? They are a front-running bully team that likes to pound the rock, get ahead in games, and then wear you down. You've seen Jackson now in a couple of spots where when they get down 10-plus points, he can't bring them back. Whether it's last year against Tennessee in the playoffs at home, the year before that against the Chargers at home in the playoffs, last right. night in that Monday night football game, they're a bully team. You brought up the defense. Here's quarterback Patrick Mahomes saying they had an unbelievable night. I mean, that's a dynamic offense. Our defense did a great job of accepting the challenge. I mean, everyone was talking about how they were going to run it down, run it down their throat the entire the entire game, and, and they, they made it not happen. I mean, they might have given some yards there at the end of the game, but for the most part of that game, they were stuffing it, getting three and outs, and getting the ball back in our hands. Um, and I think if we wouldn't have put our put the defense in such bad situations those two times in the second half, uh, they wouldn't even have given up that many points. I mean, total domination. You know, the Chargers' defense played them better than the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens lost uh, brownie points with me last night. I thought they'd win the game. I got bent over. I got scars on my tuchus from what the Chiefs did to them. Giant scars I've got on both of my ass cheeks. Can you say that on the TV? Hold on. Check one, two, check. Ass scars, check.
Yes, you can. You just did it. So there you go. It can happen. Uh, let's hear from <laughs> Ravens head coach John Harbaugh, Scotty, because he was asked after the game why they can never beat Patrick Mahomes, and he does not really care. They'll figure it out when they have to. Here's John. I mean, we obviously we haven't beaten them, so you know they uh, they've outplayed us in all three games. If you want to go back for three years, so but we didn't play well today. They beat us. They out, they out executed us. They out game planned us. They they just beat us. So that's 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 the story tonight. Uh, big picture stuff, all that. I don't know. They're better. Obviously, they're a better football team at this point in time. So you win or you learn, and we have a lot to learn from this game right here. Oh, you got that right, John. Thanks. We don't really have to say anything else. That's a guy that's very upset after his team got worked and he's just admitting that they can't beat him. And that's a beautiful thing. At least he can admit it. Yes, at least he can. So we'll see what happens uh, when these teams, maybe they will face down the road, Scotty, in the playoffs in January. Uh, Thursday night, this is a real barn burner. You've got the New York Jets and the Denver Broncos, Scotty. Let's do the Jets side of things first. Uh, the word on the street is, is that it's possible that Adam Gase could get fired if they lose this game at home on Thursday night, that they didn't want to do it after the Colt game because they have a short week this week. He also says, uh, Gase, that Sam Darnold will not be benched. Rookie tackle Mekhi Becton, they're hoping that he can play on Thursday. All kinds of problems, Scotty, for the Jets at home on Thursday night. There was a lot of stories in New York about who would, uh, you know, they turn to if they fired him, if they lose this game, and that it wouldn't get any better with anyone, like picking him up in, you know, week four, week five, whatever it is, uh, to start from where they are, which is rock bottom. I mean, let's face facts. Uh, Joe Douglas, nice job, Joe, uh, putting the roster together with the Pop Warner football team. I mean, they're not even a professional football team. They're not even CFL. I mean, they're not even arena league. I mean, the Jets are a semi-pro football team at San Quentin. That's what they are. And they're a joke. Now, this other team's not much better. Uh, I can't believe what I'm hearing out of the Broncos camp that uh, they want to tank for Trevor. Meanwhile, weren't they just on their knees like a porno for Locke? I mean, wasn't Elway just saying this guy's the second coming of me? But he gets injured, and now they've given up on him, and they want Trevor Lawrence. What are they going to do with Locke? Take him down to the landfill? Well, I think that the feeling amongst a lot of the fan base for the Broncos, Scotty, is that John Elway, let's be fair, he has not been very good at picking quarterbacks. Now, he did get Peyton Manning to go there when he first got there, and that ended up bringing them a Super Bowl. But since then, all the guys that have ran through there are not good. And if they lose enough games this year, maybe John won't have to make the decision because if they have the top pick, you know who they're going to take. Here's one for you, Scotty. Somehow the Broncos are still favorite on Thursday night on the road against the Jets, and they're going to have Brett Rippon starting at quarterback for them. And I got to tell you, I know that I, I break out who a lot. That's a real who. Who is Brett Rippon, Scotty? But he's going to be starting for the Broncos on Thursday night. Is that Mark's kid? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, it but, has to I mean, be. How embarrassing is that? Like, honestly, you're at home on Thursday night, and you are a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home, maybe down to one-and-a-half now, I just saw, to Brett Rippon. Uh, they're also not going to have Jarrell Casey. He's done for the year with a bicep there. No Cortland Sutton, no nothing. Uh, this is going to be a real classic on Thursday night football. I mean, I'm starting to think that, like, the Jets might win this game. I am, too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say, but, I mean, if <laughs> 
Sam Darnold can't beat this hack. Uh, why isn't Driscoll playing? I don't know anything anymore. Like that game, I don't even want to watch that miserable game. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I mean, this guy Romo just walked in the winning run in the ninth. Bases loaded. He walked Altuve. It's 2-1 Astros. That game's over. Uh, can you even believe that uh, you were right, Carver High? All their, you know, leaving every runner on in every inning. They had runners on the whole game. Bases loaded in the first. They've had multiple two-run uh, opportunities with uh, two men on. And they never got jacked. They had a one nothing lead the whole game. Then they blew that. And now they've walked in the winning run. And then the other game's 4-1, White Sox. Uh, they just got to run the A's with one out. They got runners on base, but they're still down three runs. And then the other game, Rays and uh, Jays are scoreless, and I'm uh, actually watching that game as well. We continue on with the NFL. Let's continue, Scotty. We start with the Chicago Bears. As we know, Nick Foles is going to be the starting quarterback now. He replaces Mitchell Trubisky. Here is head coach Matt Nagy on the decision. We got together uh, last night as as coaches, and we we talked about some stuff we about where we were. Um, got up this morning and went through the tape, and and at the end of it, uh, we decided that we're going to start Nick Foles uh, as a starter uh, against Indianapolis. So um, both quarterbacks are aware of that. Uh, I know it's you know for us. Well, I know for us is uh, actually let's think about the kid Trubisky. He's got to be just mentally screwed. Uh, and I know I don't know exactly what his rookie deal when it ends, but I know it's soon. So he'll be out of Chicago. I can guarantee you that because this guy uh, is on the phone with his agent all day saying, get me the Pharrell out of here. I'm done with this guy. I'm done with this organization. Can you imagine that they drafted him, what, number two, and the guy uh, has uh, turned into a, a sideline clipboard holder, and then he played. He had a comeback against the Lions when they should have lost that game. He threw a great dime to win that game. Then they win the next week. And then the third week, he has a bad game at first half, and they bench him, and he'll never play again. The only way that guy's touching the field now the rest of the season, Carver High, is if uh, Foles gets injured. But I guarantee you that uh, Trubisky wants out of Chicago. Anything he's saying now about he's okay with it and everything else, trying to be a good uh, teammate, he's lying. Yeah, he's going to be out after this year, Scotty. They declined the fifth-year option on him, so he's going to be a free agent. Uh, at the end of this season, and he will most likely, like you said, be somewhere else next year after all this. The Bears do play the Colts this week. Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman had calf surgery. They hope to have him back by week eight. Earl Thomas, Scotty, was reportedly going to visit with the Texans. That is not going to happen at this time. So our boy Earl uh, still looking for a job. We'll see if uh, anybody comes calling or knocking at his door. 49ers keep racking him up, Scotty. Jordan Reed now going to be out six to eight weeks with a knee sprain, but they may get one back. Debo Samuel says he's ready to return after missing the first three games. Uh, the Niners, Scotty, have gotten it done the last two weeks with basically bench guys against the Jets and the Giants. 
and they face an OA where the 0-2-1 Eagle team at home on Sunday night. Will they have the same success, do you think? I don't think they'll have the same success against that team. I, I think that team is very desperate, and I think they're better, frankly, than the 0-2-1 mark. I don't think they played well. I don't think they deserve to win any game. I don't even think they deserve to beat the Bengals. But they now have no room left for error. They lose this game. Their season is over completely, and they are going to start bashing Peterson and bashing Wentz like nobody's business. Now, let me go back uh, to one other thing on Trubisky. Trubisky's going to become uh, Blake Bortles. That's who he's going to be now forever. He's going to never play again in the NFL. He's going to be a backup for the rest of his life. All right, here's the other thing. Jordan Reed, uh, did you not anticipate that when you picked up Jordan Reed that you were going to have him standing on the sideline with tape all over his body? The guy's had 15 concussions, and he's not even out because of a concussion. Now it's a knee or whatever. I mean, this guy is finished in the NFL. Now, I know he had a couple of good games, but he couldn't stay healthy. You know what he's done? He needs to hang out more with Giancarlo Stan and Aaron Judge because they got the uh, market cornered when it comes to being pansy-ass peanut brittle and never playing. Jordan Reed, those three should go out on it. They should start a bowling team together because Jordan Reed will never play again either because he's washed up and his body is mangled, and I don't even know why he came back to begin with. Obviously for the money, because he got no body left at all. You'd be better off playing me in the game, honestly. And I'm 55, double nickels, throw me the ball, I'll score. Seahawks got good news on Chris Carson. They will not be without him as long as they thought, but they might not have Jamal Adams on Sunday, Scotty. Uh, has fatigue gotten to the Falcons in the second half of these games? Do you think so? They've only blown. They've all, fatigue is the excuse now, Scotty. There it is. They've been tired in the second half. I guess all these other teams around the NFL have not been tired, but the Falcons have been tired in the second half. You know what? The, the you know what's tired. What's tired is their franchise and their owner not having the stones to fire Dan Quinn. That's what's tired. And you know what? Uh, my guy, Thomas Dimitrov, who I'm good friends with, I don't know what you're doing, bro. You got to get rid of this guy. I mean, it's over. Your team is ruined. You suck. Fatigue, what is that? You know what they should do? They should make them wear fatigues and join the Army because they're all done playing in the NFL. That is one of the worst teams. And now they're playing the Packers at Lambeau on – uh, Monday night, are you kidding me? Like, uh, I don't know how it gets any better. Their defense sucks. I'll tell you what's fatigued. That whole franchise is fatigued. They got a billion-dollar stadium, nobody in it, and their team sucks. How does that taste, Atlanta? You remember me, Pharrell? I'm sure you do. Update on the baseball, Scotty. The White Sox got out of that bottom of the eighth jam. They go to the ninth up 4-1, and the Astros busted over. it open. Brantley with a single just now. It's now 4-1 Astros as they continue to tack on against the Twins in the top of the ninth inning. Joe Burrow has been sacked. 17 in a row. 17 in a row the Twins have lost. So you know what you do tomorrow? Bet on the Astros as sure as you're sitting here that the Twins will never win another game in the postseason in their history. I'm with you 100%. Joe Burrow's been sacked 14 times. That's an NFL high through his first three games. Seven undefeated teams left in the NFL, Scotty. Kansas City, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Green Bay, Chicago, and Seattle. One team, Scotty, out of that whole group sounds different than the rest. Uh, the Bears being in that mix with those other six teams, they seem like the outlier out of all those undefeated teams. 
Yeah, I don't believe in them at all, but I do believe in, uh, frankly, the Titans, Bills, and Steelers. And I know everybody's got the Chiefs and Ravens in the AFC title game. That's not happening either. Uh, everybody thinks that, that it was going to happen last year. That didn't happen either, did it? So let's stop with all this Baltimore Ravens nonsense with the quarterback that can't throw the ball and a team that can't come back when they're down. And let's start talking about teams with badass defenses like the Bills and Steelers and an offense in the Titans that'll run the ball down your throat and their quarterback can throw the ball. Tannehill's better than Jackson. I like Lamar Jackson when he runs into football only. I like Tannehill because he does both. And so does Henry. They are a complete football team, not a Poser. That's what the Ravens are. Posers. They're supposed to be this great team that kicks everyone's ass. Please, just enough already. I can't take it anymore. Just stop. Fans can start attending Bucks games uh, this Sunday, Scotty. Less than 10K. There was about 10,000 people outside of the Tampa uh, hockey arena down there last night. Did you see the scenes? I mean, social distancing. I mean, that definitely doesn't exist down there. Did you see the clips in in Tampa last night after they won the cup? But they'll have some fans at Buck Games starting this week. I give to you now, Scotty, uh, the early look at the lines for week four, pain day, coming up this week. Uh, we talked about Thursday night. That's now moved on FanDuel to one and a half. Uh, the Broncos are favorite. You've got the Cardinals favorite over the Panthers. Ravens, Scotty, minus 13 at the Washington football team. Browns getting four, four and a half in Dallas against the Cowboys. Well, I, I don't even know. Can the Ravens beat anyone by 13? And uh, I actually, the Panthers looked really good with Bridgewater, I thought, on Sunday. They might just win another one. That Thursday night game we've already talked about, Browns-Cowboys. I mean, Dallas is going to beat their ass. That's what they're going to do. They're going to beat their – I think the Cowboys are a lot better than anybody gives them credit for. I know all these people on TV like making fun of the Cowboys, but they're in every single game. They're in every game they play. So I love teams that are in every game they play, that they have a chance to win no matter what. Colts and uh, Bears, you know, I, I'd lean Bears at home with Foles over the Colts. I'm not impressed with the Colts. Jags, Bengals, uh, I think the Bengals are going to win their first game. Uh, and then the Bucks are going to beat the Chargers. And uh, I think the Texans will win their first game as well. They'll beat the Vikings. The, the Vikings season's already over. And then uh, Saints, Lions, uh, look, you know, I think the Saints will beat the Lions. The question is, will they cover? And I think the Lions might very well cover. They got to have confidence after the way they looked in Arizona. Seahawks will beat the Dolphins. The Rams are going to kick the Giants' teeth in. Uh, Joe Dirt coaching out in Lipstick City. Bills and Raiders. I like the Bills on the road in Sin City, but I'm starting to worry about any team that plays in Vegas. Uh, I wouldn't let them out of their room, let alone the hotel. Uh, Pats, Chiefs, Chiefs will win. They uh, Apparently, they'll never lose a game. Eagles, Niners. Uh, the Niners win. I think the Eagles cover. And then uh, Falcons, Packers, please. Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be like a, a – you know what that's going to be like? That's going to be like Father Sunday where the fathers take on the sons <laughs> like on Thanksgiving when the kids are like in sixth grade and the fathers are grown men and they've had 15 beers and smoked a joint. Oh, that's what's going to happen in that game. That's going to be daddy kick-ass time. Who's your daddy? College football now. Notre Dame with 18 positive uh, cases in their latest round of COVID testing. Brian Kelly, a head coach, said today that the positive tests are linked to a pregame meal the team had before the USF game a couple Saturdays ago and that there was a player 
who vomited on the sidelines during the game due to dehydration. These are the two things that they are uh, linking towards why the whole team got COVID. Texas A&M wants to generate more offense against Alabama this Saturday. Game of the week, Scotty. Stopping the run, of course, will be key to Bama. Let's take a look at some of the key games, the biggest games this Saturday in college football. If you'd like to start, how about that Alabama-Texas A&M? 17 and a half, Scotty, for Alabama and Texas A&M. Well, I know it's a scary number. I kind of like A&M with the number, but Alabama's going to beat them. They never lose. That's just all there is to it. They're not losing in Tuscaloosa to A&M. There's no uh, Johnny football. I like mine, but let's see what they do. Uh, You know, Kansas State, uh, they're at home. But I'll tell you what, that Texas Tech team can play with anybody. Originally, it was three and a half. It's moved to one and a half because everybody jumped on Texas Tech. I think Texas will uh, beat TCU, but the number's too big for me. Uh, West Virginia at home, I kind of like them over Baylor. Uh, Auburn, I think Auburn goes to the hedges and gives Georgia problems. I don't think JT Daniels is going to be sharp. He hasn't played in a year and a half. I'm going to go Auburn. Oklahoma, I think will get right against Iowa State. Remember, people were selling me Iowa State. They always suck. Virginia and Clemson. Clemson will win. Will they cover four touchdowns is the question. It's 28 and a hook. I think it opened at 30 and a hook. Mississippi State will beat Arkansas, but... That number looks scary, but the way Costello uh, played and the way they throw the ball, I think uh, Mississippi State will probably kick their ass. Purdue suspended 13 athletes for a residence hall party. These were not fall athletes. They were spring Kegger. athletes. And they're they're having keggers, Scotty. Uh, you can't really – listen, We it's hard to hold these kids down. You're going to put them on the campus. They're going to ha- try to have some fun. Um, also, in the, the Twins have uh, now coming up to hit. The Astros have stopped rounding the bases. So 4-1, they go that to the bottom over. of the ninth. Twins will that get a chance over. to tie. The Sox are hitting. In the top of the ninth inning, four to one, they lead the A's. That game's over. Over. I do not have the Ray J game on. I know that you do. Has there been any scoring yet? Please tell me that there has been. No scoring in that game yet. Uh, No score at all. Get some runs, please. I hope at least the East (laughs) games, the Rays game and the Yankee game, is good because I think the other two games sucked. And the Yankees, uh, no Clint Frazier tonight. They're going to start Brett Gardner over Clint Frazier. Really strong decision. I told you that's why Boone sucks. I, I told you that's why he sucks. He sucks. He's a bad manager. I'm, I'm done with all this. People selling me how great he is. They're going to lose, too. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I fell back on coast to coast. Uh, honestly, the Twins are going to lose 17 straight baseball games. Now they got two runners on in the ninth with one out, but it doesn't matter because you know they're not going to score a single run. They won't score. They're going to leave these on the pond too. I mean, it is just automatic. And then they're going to lose tomorrow. I mean, I have never seen anything like a team losing 17 straight Major League Baseball playoff games. That is insanity. And then uh, the A's are going to get beat. Uh, the White Sox are winning that game. The Rays and uh, Jays are scoreless. Yankees and Indians tonight. And uh, I think, you know, uh, they might as well let uh, Aaron Boone play with the lineup he's putting out there. They might as well bring him <laughs> back from the dead. Bring his dad out or something or his brother. Uh, so, anyway, uh, here's the deal. Uh, Jay Johnstone, do you remember him? Like, I go, that makes me feel real old because I remember Jay Johnstone. He was a prankster. He used to play. Uh, in the majors, I remember uh, he had a long career, no doubt about it. 
Jay Johnstone passed away at 74 over the weekend. That sucks. Turkish soccer player, uh, his wife hires a hitman to kill him after filing for divorce. Now, that is a strong one-man advantage. You got the, uh, you know, empty net. You bring on the extra attacker. You get the disgruntled wife, and she hires a hitman to kill the husband that's going to file for divorce, and he's worth a lot of money, too. Uh, I want to smoke Turkish hash if I'm that husband now, knowing that my wife's trying to kill me. A woman quits married life to become a sugar baby to nine other men. Now, that is a tremendous effort by her. Uh, very strong uh, play there. I like that. That's like, you know, checkmate right there. Uh, she's just going to get it from all angles. Nine lovers at once, the sugar baby. Florida man suing McDonald's. He chipped his tooth on a McNugget. These things happen. A child rapist collapses during 169 lashes in Indonesia. So they're going to make him get whipped again. Back to the well. <laughs> I love that. And a mother of Ravens guard DJ Booker's uh, child facing kidnapping charges. This chick's a wacko, too. She's been arrested. Good night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.